1: What's going on? It's Keyshawn Johnson. We're about to get into my show. But first, I have to introduce a very special guest joining me to break down the top stories in sports. He's a 12-year NFL veteran, a Super Bowl champion, and a recent inductee into the Cowboys' Ring of Honor, and a pro football Hall of Famer. My former teammate, Demarcus Ware. Welcome to the show. What's up, Biggie? Biggie. <laughs> hey, what is up, man? You
2: always looking clean. Ever since I met you, man. man when you was in the Dallas Cowboys locker room, you always clean.
1: I, I tried, man. I'm 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 trying slowly. They're teaching me a lot of things how to dress around here because you know they complained a little <laughs> bit about how I dress. They want me to wear a jacket. They but I got my own style as always, the market. So yes, we'll see. Do. We'll yes, see how do. it is. So let's dive, let's dive right into it. So you was recently inducted into the ring of honor with the Dallas Cowboys. You had an amazing career with the Cowboys. What did that feel like, knowing that you was getting ready to be amongst some of the great Cowboy players inside this stadium?
2: It was one of the coolest things ever because playing in the old stadium with you, right? We know going through that tunnel, what it felt like when we saw those guys up in the ring of honor and we're saying, hey, we want to be like you. We want to be that guardian of the stadium, right? And then the new stadium opens up and you see those same names up there, and you're like, I want to be up there one day. And eventually, that happened you know, a couple of weeks for me ago, and it was a surreal moment. I didn't have the pads on, electrifying the fan fans anymore. I had that jacket on, and that solidified me being in that stadium for life. Did, so it was cool.
1: Yeah, it it was it was really cool to be able to watch it from afar. Did. Did Jerry, you know, Jerry likes to spend money and and do a lot of different things for former players. Did he do anything special for you? Did he throw an elaborate party at his house or some restaurant or anything like that?
2: You know what he actually took care of? And the Denver Broncos, my Hall of Fame party. I Mm -hmm. mean, that thing was expensive. I got to see the tally on that. And with both of them coming together and just taking care of everything and saying that I got you, I let, he let me know that both of them did let me know that they got me so that that was that, that big ticket item as we know when we rookies when we had to pay for that rookie dinner uh they paid for the um uh, the veteran dinner
1: yeah no the hall of fame. okay that had to be real cool so this year yeah seems like the year of demarcus ware right you you the summer you go in you're enshrined in into the pro football hall of fame amongst many many great players What was it like to get the call, the knock on the door the night before you learned that you would be going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame?
2: Well, I didn't know it all. And I actually got invited to the Cowboys thing as a family photo event, and I got fooled um, into knocking on Jerry Jones's door. And when I walked into um his office, he had his the gold jacket on. And I was looking at him like, what are you doing? Because he always joking around. And he was like, welcome to the 2023 Hall of Fame class. And it really didn't hit me at first until I saw Jim Porter and I saw like those Hall of Fame pins. And man, once it hit, I was like, it was like a out-of-body experience. I can't even really explain it to you. But it's like if you win in the Super Bowl and you get to win that Super Bowl four or five times, and that feeling lasts forever.
1: Mm. I I know it must be a a great feeling, something that I'll probably (laughs) never know, but that's okay. I'll get my experience from you. Um, But but it's a hair scratcher, too, for me, DeMarcus, when I think about the journey it took post-career to be enshrined into the Hall of Fame because you were not, a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is like a head-scratcher. I played with you. I know exactly who you are and what you could do. And so I look at it, your accolades, and I say nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro on the 2000 All-Decade team, two-time NFL sack leader, Super Bowl champion, yada, 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 yada. I could go on and on and on and on, but yet and still, you had to wait. Why do you believe you had to wait given the fact that you dominated the league during your time.
2: Just like you said, I dominated the league during my time, but I feel like it wasn't my time. Um, I've never been giving first and anything I've always had to work for. it. And I think that, you know, God was letting me know and putting me in a situation where to let me know that he's still first. And, you know, the first battle, I, I was pissed, to be honest with you. I was really pissed. And, it, and I sat back, and I said, okay, it's not your time. When your time happens, it's going to last forever. It's going to be forever. And I've sort of forgotten about it, you know, everything, and I am feel good about it, but to that point, to what you said, yes, I, I was upset at first, but now it's it's back behind me. It's in the rearview mirror.
1: Yeah, but but now I got some, some hard questions to ask you, because I'm trying to figure this out, because it's puzzling to me. So, Mm-hmm. You go into the Hall of Fame. You Your illustrious career is with the Dallas Cowboys. You played two seasons with the Denver Broncos. Okay, you win a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. And there's so many Cowboy fans that are out there that's puzzled and want to know why is the Hall of Fame display all about the Denver Broncos and nothing about the Dallas Cowboys. If you can see right there, you got all these fans that are Tweeting in and saying, hey, man, what's up with this? We don't get no cowboy jersey, no love, no nothing. Can you explain that?
2: You know what? um, When I first got there at the Hall of Fame, I thought the same thing. I was like, hold on. I gave them a cowboy jersey. I gave them a couple of things that actually a lot of things that were Dallas Cowboy um, paraphernalia. But then I said, oh, you played for the Denver Broncos. You played for the Dallas Cowboys. No matter what it goes down to, they're they're saying they're going to rotate the stuff. Cowboys fans, you know, Demarcus. I'm going to say Denver Broncos stuff. But at the end of the day, they want both fans to be able to come there and say, we have a Hall of Famer on our team. If you just would have stuck with the Dallas Cowboys and me just being honest, sometimes it's about making money. If you put the Denver Broncos jersey in there, Denver Broncos people are going to buy the Broncos stuff. If you maybe would have put a Dallas Cowboy thing in there, you probably would have lost 150 Denver Bronco fans. I don't know. Yeah. But I just know that, you know, there were a lot of pissed off fans. But at the end of the day, they know that I represent the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos through and through.
1: Yeah, because I, I was gonna ask you though, who do you who do you identify? yourself with? Is it the Broncos because of the Super Bowl title? Or is it the Dallas Cowboys because of the great success in the career you had wearing the star?
2: it's I think it's a little bit of both. I can't sit right here and say, you know what, I'm just the Dallas Cowboys, but then I'm going to not think about my championship years with Denver and everything that they've done for me too as well. So I got to say that it's a journey. It's a journey to Uh, my career and the Denver Broncos and the Dallas Cowboys are part of that. So when I start thinking about my career, I can't leave neither team out.
1: Yeah. So, DeMarcus, you know, on these shows, we like to discuss the Mount Rushmores, right? Who's the best basketball? Who's this? Who's that? So I'm going to ask you, because I'm obligated to ask you, per my producers, that who would be on your Mount Rushmore of past rushers throughout the history of the NFL.
2: Throughout the history of the NFL, what?
1: Well, okay, Man, your, your 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 recent history that you, because I know you probably can't go all the way back to Deacon Jones and all that. That's getting dated. Well, right. I mean, I get it. So just give me your give me uh, your but, Mount but, Rushmore.
2: Okay, okay, all right. So the first person I think about. Is uh Reggie White. I gotta have, I gotta have Reggie in there. And then second person, I gotta have Bruce Smith in there. And then I start trickling down to, you know, earlier during my career, the Michael Stray hands. Um and then I I to be honest with you, I start going and start thinking about like Dwight Freeney. Like people don't think about Dwight Freeney, but he was a phenomenal player. And he hasn't made the Hall of Fame yet, which I feel like he should make the Hall of Fame this year, just to throw that out there for. Him. Um, and then like the guys now. You gotta think about Michael Parsons. I'm gonna throw that in there. Uh, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, um, Bosa at San Fran, um, uh, Hassan from Philly. Uh, you you just name it. it's so many great pass rushers now, but back then those were I, I gave you a little bit of both. I gave you about ten. I'm all over the place, but um, I think those are my Mount Rushmore as a pass rushers.
1: Okay, so your your nickname obviously was a sack master. And you got yes, after sir. you got after a lot of quarterbacks and, and made their lives miserable. Sure did. Which quarterback did you have the most fun getting after in creating havoc oh. and making his life miserable?
2: You, the one, okay, the hardest quarterback to sack was Michael Fade. When you have a shoe. When you have a roller coaster ride and when you can run a four, two, four, three, it's one of those situations where you, first of all, you got to beat the tackle, then you got to get to Michael Vick and you don't know exactly what's going to happen. So for me, Michael Vick was one of those guys where it was a trophy to try to sack him because when you get there, now the game just getting started. And so he played for Philly, you know, at the time. Played at Atlanta earlier, uh, where I got an interception off of him. But Michael Vick, he was that dude, and mm. he was hard to say.
1: So now, who was your favorite wide receiver to ever play with? Oh, oh, yeah, ah. <laughs> You know what? I
2: I I would, I would probably say Demarius Thomas. <laughs> the re, The reason why I say Demarius Thomas is, uh, I mean, he was like a brother to me. He, you know, changed my life when I was up there in Denver. Um, so that was amazing, right? But then if I go back and start thinking about the guys I played with in Dallas when I first got here in Dallas, you one of
1: them. It was you. T.O. Terry Glenn. Oh, right, you can I, stop. I you you can stop now. I just you, – you're good. You don't need to keep go say, going.
2: Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you my story now because – when I got into the league, the first time I really saw somebody drive up in a Ferrari, you know that Ferrari I'm talking about that you shipped down here from Cali? Uh-huh. You drove up in the front of the facility. And I said, so that's how I need to do it. Now, I'm, 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 just, I'm just going off of the swag. When you walked up, you always was dressed. I don't know exactly what the producers are telling you about your dress, but back then, it was right on time. You And, and you, people put the the wrong perspective or perception of you and they're like, oh my God, he was just like an asshole. Excuse <laughs> me. But you was not. No, you I know. You quiet when you came in. But, but when you put them pads on, you acted up. Yeah. And that's where I learned it from. So I'm just being real here not to stroke your ego or anything like that because I saw on here, they were like, what's a story about Keyshawn Johnson? I saw, I got one for him
1: <laughs>
2: that, he, that, that he hasn't heard yet. Yeah. So that's my story about you, and yes, you are in that mix, brother. I appreciate
1: yes, it, man. Now we're gonna make this
3: transition
1: to Javion to talk about all sports news of today.
3: Keyshawn, you a Ferrari guy? Any details on the Ferrari?
1: Man, we could have that conversation. We had that conversation <laughs> about Ferraris, clothes, <laughs> Bentleys, <laughs> we airplanes. Had nice we when I say a nice had
2: Ferrari. a nice one. I think it was the. Uh, it was the FM for the, it was the two-door V12 one. He know what, you oh, know what I'm I talking had, about.
1: I, in, in Dallas, I had the silver 612. Oh. Yeah, I had that silver 612 with the wow. tan seats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of them, but that, that, that you, know, hey.
3: Shh. you know. Low profile, yeah. low
1: profile. I was, yeah. hey, I was single then, so it was okay to have a sports car. If I tried to get a sports car it's right cool. now, then my wife wasn't having Man. it. That's why I'm driving around in a Listen,
2: Tesla. Yeah, look, that, look, that, that, yeah, right, right. But the thing is, I'm talking about back
1: then. Oh, yeah. What I saw. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I changed a lot. I, hey, put it this yeah. way. I changed <laughs> a lot of locker rooms habits when I rolled up. I can, I can attest to that. Drop the mic. Yeah, I keep Drop it moving. Drop the mic. Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, let's get into some sports news. Keyshawn, I heard you on Undisputed sneaking a certain somebody's name into the MVP conversation. Let's play that back.
1: They are for real. And if they continue to keep playing, you know, the, the way that they're playing, no mistakes, and they keep spitting the ball out no matter who the opponent is, the way Dak has been doing things. He's slowly sliding himself into a conversation that about four other quarterbacks in the league is people are having about right now, and you know what that conversation is. No, we don't. We need you to verbalize <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, we need so to we validate get, it. Right, right, and, and speak that, it out. That conversation is MVP. Uh-huh. Oh.
3: Marcus, let's go to you first we love for you to react to this. Does Dak deserve to be on an MVP watch? I'm going to sprinkle
2: a little fertilizer, just like they just said, on the whole thing and help it grow a little bit. When you start thinking about the numbers that Dak's putting up in the last four games, now you start thinking about MVP, right? So if we're talking about him being in the MVP race, that means that everybody else is thinking the same thing. So the answer is already there where the, the uh, misconception or is he really that guy is him winning that big game. He hasn't been winning a lot of those big games, but the numbers are showing up. And getting to the playoffs, staying in the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl. If he gets a couple of those things under his belt, the MVP, MVP solidified, and I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of fertilizer on that and let that thing grow, and i uh, see where it
3: goes. Keyshawn. Back to you. What does Dak Prescott have to do the rest of the way to firmly assert himself as no doubt MVP contender?
1: Well, I think he's already a contender, as I, as I said yeah. in that clip there. And I continue to say, based on his nice run he's had over the last several weeks, much like DeMarcus just said, there's, a, there's wins that count in the win column. And then there's wins that count in the win column that also are extra that count for you in, I don't want to say your legacy, but the way people view you. For many years, mm-hmm. quarterbacks are players that can't win the big games, they get pushed aside. He has some games coming up that matter. Can you beat Seattle, okay? Can you beat the Philadelphia Eagles at home? Can you go to Miami later in the year? Can you beat Buffalo? When the world is watching against Detroit, can you beat Detroit? Can you play in those games the same way you've played the last four weeks of the season? And if he can do that, and the Cowboys can somehow surpass the Philadelphia Eagles and win a division, then Dak Prescott, depending on what happens in the AFC, depending on what happens to Patrick Mahomes and, and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and all these other quarterbacks, depending on what happens at the end of the season to them, he certainly could put himself right in the mix of one and two. And it's it's very obtainable. Can he do it, though, is the biggest question. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. soaking up the sun, and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo, to that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today. And save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel.
3: Another trending story. Not only did Deshaun Watson fight through a high ankle sprain during Sunday's win, he now has to undergo seizing-ending shoulder surgery. Michael Irvin said on Undisputed, had Deshaun not returned to the field to play, he would have lost the team.
0: He he had to leave early at the end of the half to go get his ankle taped. Right, right,
2: right.
1: And then he had that ankle rolled up on.
2: And we saw it still. And And I said, "Mm." when he was going in, I said, that's it. Because we heard before with his shoulder, remember, some some rumblings like he he didn't want to play when he should be playing. And I said, when he walked in, I said, that's it. It's over. I don't know. That's that's $200 million gone
1: Mm -hmm. because he's going to lose that team if he leaves that team. But he came back out and went back on that field and did what you just showed, Skip, running like that, playing like
2: that. That kneel down was, man, we're in this together now. And, And I thought that was a big moment for Cleveland.
3: Keyshawn. Deshaun Watson is a $200 million man who has struggled to get back to MVP form. Do you think Watson felt like he had to put his career and body on the line to defend his legacy in Cleveland?
1: No, I I don't think that at all. What I do know from knowing Deshaun and knowing professional athletes is you don't want to leave your teammates out there hanging when you have an opportunity to conquer something. When you have an opportunity to win something, you don't want to leave them. If you could do it, you go out there and you could do it. And I think that is Deshaun's moment. If you go back to Clemson, he played with a tour ACL. Okay, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars are on the line. Now, mind you, this is before NIL. Whether or not Clemson gave him a little something to go to Clemson, we don't know. I ain't saying he did. But it wasn't about money then. This is not about money and legacy. It's about his teammates. He was willing to take shots to stay on the field this season. The doctors told him, hey, You can't because if something happens, that thing will fall apart and fall out on the floor. So we want to protect you from yourself. The best thing to do is go have surgery. The Cleveland Browns are in a good situation depending on what the quarterback position gives them the rest of the way because they have a dominant defense. They're in a tough division, but their record says they have an opportunity to make some noise.
3: just depends on what the QBs do. DeMarcus, I'm going to toss it to you. Is the Deshaun Watson experiment in Cleveland officially a failure?
2: I wouldn't say it's a failure when, you, when they are still putting up Ws. Um, some people will sort of counsel people out from what they've done in the past and they leave them there. But when you bring a guy in, no matter how much you're paying him, and they're still now having a better season than they've had in a really long time, I wouldn't say that's a bust. I wouldn't say that – You know, it was the wrong decision. I feel like it was the right decision. You brought the man in to win. So he's winning. But then there are still stories of his shoulder hurt, his ankle hurt, so on and so forth. He's losing the team. The negative stuff is going to stay with you. But if you keep getting a
3: W, nobody can talk. Time for your favorite part of the show, Key. Reacting to the internet. (laughs) <laughs> Things are getting a little messy as Trayvon Diggs took to Twitter to defend his brother. <laughs> Stefan saying, quote, man, 14 got to get up out of here. He followed this up by tweeting. Let's not forget he, meaning Josh Allen, didn't start going off till bro got there. DeMarcus, we've seen Stefan Diggs unhappy on the Bills sideline. Is Trayvon out of bounds for tweeting this on his brother's behalf? Brothers
2: are going to be brothers, and sometimes it takes your brother to talk for you. I'm going to say that again. It takes somebody else to talk for you sometimes to, to sort of put that apple out there of what's going on. And if somebody is showing that they're not happy, you know, Stefan Diggs, and now, you know, Trayvon Diggs is saying the same thing, brothers talk. But it's not Stefan's place to say that. But it maybe felt like yeah, it, it was his brother's place to say it to get it out there to let him know that, hey, I'm not happy. Um, and I'm and I'm ready to get out. That that's what I'm feeling um from the whole situation. Keyshawn,
3: what's your take on it?
1: Well, that's Stefan Diggs talking, except Trayvon Diggs is tweeting it. That's his brother. My brother <laughs> knows everything about me. I know everything about my nephew that plays for the Saints. I'm just not the guy who's going to tell everybody in the world what my nephew is saying about the Saints or what right. I know about certain things. So, again, I must say this. That is Stefan Diggs tweeting, although it's coming from his brother's account. He understands his brother, Trayvon does. He understands the, his feelings. He understands. They talk. They, You know, they think they're sitting down having a bite to eat, doing their off time. They, they're having FaceTime together, they have a conversation. Man, what happened last night? Oh, man, this dude, man, he's getting on my nerves. I can't play with this guy. I got to get out of here. All of those sort of things. The problem with that is, is he's stuck to the offseason. If, before the trade deadline, this came up, then maybe, just maybe, even though they gave him a bunch of money here recently, maybe there was an opportunity to get from underneath Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen and company. What I would say, though, you always get frustrated when things don't go the way you envision and you want them to when you are a type of player who wants to win so badly. You just want to win. And people want to make it about numbers. Well, he's getting the touches. He's getting the targets. It's about winning. And if we're not winning on a consistent basis, it means nothing. I've always said the one thing an owner could do, they could buy every. I could buy a yacht. You could buy a yacht. I could got a plane. I can go get another plane. I can get a house. We also how the owners think when they get together in those little groups down in West Palm Beach for owner meetings, and they get to walking around and talking, and they're at the little steak houses for their dinner, and the guy walks in, he's talking about the Super Bowl party that he threw. The other guy doesn't want to hear that because he doesn't have a ring. And that's how Stefan Diggs is. Stefan Diggs wants to be in the ring club. He can't get in. He can't have a conversation with me. He can have all the best numbers in the world, but he can't have a conversation with me about what it's like to win a Super Bowl because he's yet to do it. And that burns internally inside of us as athletes. He wants to win. And his brother's just voicing his opinion about his brother, if that makes sense to you.
3: Moving on. Now, Keyshawn, we know you're hesitant to rank receivers, but we couldn't resist showing you what Cowboy CeeDee Lamb had to say. He said, quote, I'm the top receiver in this league, and there's no questioning about it. Keyshawn, do you take any issue with C.D. Lamb saying this about himself?
1: No, I don't. He should feel that he's the top dog. Uh, he should. He should certainly feel he's the top dog. I, if he said anything other than that, I would take issue with it.
3: Demarcus, did
2: you, know, you ever feel this I, way? I know I, you ain't got to worry, worry, worry about me. I know Keyshawn <laughs> was going to agree with that because when you good, you good, and when you're producing. You can say whatever you want to say because at the end of the day, when you're, I wouldn't say arrogance, you're just calling a spade a spade. And that's what Keyshawn did when he played. Hey, if you're balling, you're balling. The dude's balling. So, yes, he is one of the top receivers in
3: the league. DeMarcus, did you ever feel this way about yourself in your prime? And is this something that you would have said in the media?
2: I would not have to say it in the media. The people would know um my teammates will know that I will tell them that I'm the best but in the media I wouldn't say anything I would say just look at the numbers because that's what they're going off of anyways so look at the numbers and I don't think there's a reason to be boastful but the thing is at the position where you are sometimes that's what you need I mean I know wide
3: receivers just being honest with you they're boastful but when you're showing up it doesn't matter all right, let's take it to Dion now. Coach Prime says that players fighting each other at practice is a great thing for the team. Listen to this. You know what? Man, we've had a great week of
1: practice. We had a couple fights, okay. which I like. Is that a good thing? That's a great thing. right? Yeah, when you have a couple fights, that's a, that's a great thing. And I always want to know who won because I keep records. <laughs> yeah, I don't break them up. Some some coaches break them up, but I don't right. break them up because some guys fight hoping for the breakup. No, <laughs> we're going to let you go. If you're going to commit, commit, right? Yeah, yeah, you commit. Yeah. We're yeah. all in. So we did have a couple fights this week, and I love it, and they've been getting after it. And uh, it's almost like a rededication. You know, okay. it's almost like, uh, a refocus, it, 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 and I love, I love what we are. We've had great practices this week. Office, Demarcus, what's your reaction to this?
2: Well, I remember my Super Bowl year in Denver. I'm gonna be honest with you. We probably fought every week. It was a key to lead. It was Chris Harris. It was me and Peyton because we were pissed off um, about something that was important to us at the time. But we didn't let that um carry off the field we handled what we needed to handle on the field and we squashed it and to me when players get to a point to where they're fighting and it's about football that lets me know that it's that you know they care now if it's something else outside of the field oh yeah we're going to handle that but if it's on the field about how you're playing what you need to be doing and it, if it's correct and we just brawling out about it we're going to squash it right there on that field and the things are going to get corrected
3: Keyshawn, do you have a good locker room fight story? Locker
1: room (laughs) fights? I mean, guys, me personally, no. But guys like DeMarcus said, they fight. I mean, it's typically defense alignment, offense (laughs) alignment. You know, it's never really the skill position players because it's pushing and shoving going on there. But no, no real locker room fight. I once had a fight on a plane with one of my Uh-oh. teammates, but that that didn't last very long, I must say. Um, you know, a quick little one-two and it was over with, uh, because uh, <laughs> what you don't do is you don't touch somebody, and he happened to touch me in my head, and at that point, the rest was history.
3: So no cornerback wanted smoke with Keyshawn Johnson?
1: No, we just didn't, it wasn't like that. It wasn't, It was. there was no need to get into that type of conf- confrontation, okay. so to speak. It It, it was squashed immediately part of the problem is they were not going to win the fight. So why even try to antagonize me when you know your, your ass is not going to win? And that individual, not going to name any names, on that plane on my team figured that out real quick.
3: All right, ending the show on Patty Mahomes, who raised eyebrows this week on social media after stating he wears the same pair of underwear for every game of his NFL career and, quote, only cleans them once in a while. Fellas, first of all, is this foul?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure.
2: Now,
3: uh, now, 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 hold, wait a minute.
2: So, I can wear the same tights, and they get washed every yeah. day.
1: Yeah,
2: I can understand your lucky tights now. Um, but if they're not getting washed, we have a problem. But I Because everybody have, like, their routines and everything. Like, I had one... Um, roll of tape that I would use the whole week and I would end on a Sunday or a Thursday, whatever the game, and I would use that same tape. I had to. It was just something that was in there. But if you're not washing, um, we got a problem.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not really sure I understand what Patrick is talking about or what he's doing. Because me personally, I even when I played and even to this day, I probably changed my undies two to three times a day. Right? And you say, well, why would you do that? Well, because, number one, I'm at work. When I go home, I completely change. I take a shower. Most likely, I'm going to lay down, take a nap, and I'm going to go somewhere after that. Once I get up out the bed, I'm probably going to change again. And before I go to bed, I'm going to take a shower. I'm not just getting my nasty ass in the bed. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not, it's, it's not going to happen. So I'll probably change my undies two to three times every single day. I mean, it's just, you nasty if you not, no, nah, man, that's nasty. Keyshawn, did you have any other
3: superstitions before the game?
1: No, you know, it wasn't really superstitious. It was was just the way that I would flow. Back in my day, it was listening to music in my vehicle as I drive to the stadium. The Ferrari. Depending on which vehicle I decided to take (laughs) to the stadium. Um, But it was, you know, Biggie Tupac. Uh, uh, Jagged Edge, Jodeci 112, you know, just whatever that was that was in that track, that was, that was, I guess you could call that a superstition. And then once I got to the stadium, I wouldn't get out of the car immediately because I wanted to finish that song all the way through. And then I'd pop out, you know, put on the glasses, just, you know, walk in a certain way. (laughs) It was a pleasure getting you on and enjoying you and much success as you continue throughout your life and your career, post-career, DeMarcus, I, you know, I thank you for coming on with me.
2: Yes, sir, man. I know uh, we talked about, you know, um this Friday, a football life is coming out. I don't know exactly what time it's gonna be on, let's say um I think maybe nine, I can't remember exactly what time, but a football life comes out on Friday. Um just tell everybody to watch it and see my story. Because oh, people yeah. think that you know it was easy. Nothing comes easy that lasts forever. So oh, yeah. Uh, I just want people to see that um, coming out this Friday at Football Live. Yeah,
1: you wasn't up but a little old country boy from Alabama riding them horses to the grocery <laughs> store. That's all. Yeah. All right, man, be good. I'm going to see you down. Hey, man,
2: thank you for inviting me on the show.
1: Okay. That's all for today. Thank you to DeMarcus Ware for joining the show. We'll be back. Until then, it's Keisha. Johnson, without without dispute